Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Julie R. and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Wednesday, January 3rd, and it's a 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting. Today we are reading from the big book and we are on page 11, starting with the fifth paragraph, That Floored Me, reading through two paragraphs, ending his roots, grasped new soil. We will be commenting on both. Today's readers are Rachel W., Nadia B., Lynn F. The share ID for Tuesday, January 2nd, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting is 10,864. And for the 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting, it is 10,865. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Ruth W. to read the 12 steps. Hi, I'm Ruth W., a compulsive overeater from Oklahoma. Uh, The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me to serve. Thank you, Ruth W. I will now ask Lynn F. to read the 12 traditions. Good morning, everyone. It's Lynn F., recovered compulsive overeater in Pennsylvania. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. 
Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relation policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is a spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you. Thank you, NF. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the direction for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing on what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book on page 11, starting with the fifth paragraph, that floored me, reading through two paragraphs, ending with his roots, grasped new soil. We will be commenting on both. I will now ask Rachel W. to begin reading. Thank you for your service, Julie. Hi, this is Rachel W., Recover Compulsive Reader, calling from New York. That floored me. It began to look as though religious people were right after all. Here was something at work in a human heart which had done the impossible. My ideas about miracles were drastically revised right then. Never mind the musty past. Here sat a miracle directly across the kitchen table. He shouted, great tidings. I saw that my friend was much more than inwardly reorganized. He was on a different footing. His roots grasped a new soil. So I'm really so grateful to be on this meeting. I love this meeting um, and it's my home meeting. <laughs> and um, reading this here, you know, to be reminded, you know, I know what Bill was experiencing. I've seen this in other people. I've seen the recovery in other people. I've seen the pull into, please, can you just tell me how you got what you got? You know, how do you have what you have? And I also know, thank God, you know, what it's like to be on the other side, you know, to be in that recovered position where food is just 
neutral, you know, where I'm in a normal body size, where, where I'm, I'm carrying the message of this program and I'm knowing fully that it is a miracle, this transformation. Um, these steps are a miracle and applying them to my life every day on a daily basis is, is, is such a blessing. And um, I want to tell you that the truth is that sometimes I hear people sharing, whether it's here or other places, and it sounds like abstinence is really, really easy, you know, or, or, or maybe they're having a perfect time at it. I want you to know in my recovery, there's still times where I could think of, of food as an option in the way it, within an abstinent realm. I could think, I could consider, you know, hey, how about, you know, having this food choice or that food choice within the realm of abstinence. And what's, what it's given me today in my program is this transformation, this transformative process is a constant. It's given me a new awareness of, of what food choices really are and how they're, when I'm turning to the food in any way, you know, and devi- wanting, thinking to deviate even absolutely, I know that it's because there's some sort of agitation, there's some sort of feeling under the surface, emotion that I need to get in touch with. And truly what's going on is, you know, the universe, God, is calling upon me to grow and I don't want to because basically in life I have one problem. There's one thing I've always struggled with and that one thing is what program helped me with and that is a, an acceptance problem. I have a very hard time accepting things and they say addicts are like babies with adult faces. That's me. You know, I want my way and when I don't get it, it's not pretty. And so, you know, not getting my way, feeling that agitation in the past, the solution with food, but for today it's not. And I want to end off with this this one thought I just end here that um, religious people right after all you know I know a religious man who lost seven children in a fire and he and he said and I heard him say this he said that he was called to the police station and when he got there he was told that they're going to tell him something very grave and sad and um, there was an ambulance there there was a paramedic there with a needle waiting and he said well why is the paramedic here and they said well because what we have to tell you is is shocking and tragic and he's you know he's here just to just in case, you know, you need something more. And he said to them, whatever I need to hear, I'll hear. Whatever I need to feel, I'll feel. This is something that is come, came upon me to feel. I'm, and now I'm not negating medication for people, but I am just saying that one moment of that religious man saying that really transformed to me what agitations in life truly are. That if he was willing to, to sit in his own feelings, I'm, I'm going to stop with this, but if he was willing to sit in his own feelings without medicating himself, then for today, I can strive to do the same using these steps and just for another day. So I'll pass with that. And thank you for allowing me to share. Thank you, Rachel W. And who would like to share on these two paragraphs? Katie G. From Boston. Harlan G. Reva P. Okay, hold on. Okay, hold on. So I have Katie G. I have Kim G. Leia D. I have Harlan. I have Harlan. And before Leia, there was a couple people. Suji. Suji. And somebody is really crackly on the line. So we'll um, Leia D. So we're going to start with Katie G, Kim G, Harlan G, Suji, a lot of G's, and Leia D. So Katie G, go ahead. Good morning, Julie. Good morning, my recovered family. This is Katie G, recovered compulsive overeater, anorexic and bulimic in Boston. Yeah, a miracle, an extraordinary event, manifesting divine intervention. You know, what I love about this is that it's not saying that um, I need to have like a little bit of a change in my life, 
right? It's not saying that it's okay for me as like let's say I'm a plant, right? Like you just pour, you do what I do. And I, my my thumb is like brown. You pour a lot of extra soil, and you, I uh, notoriously overwater the plants in my house, and they don't do very well when I overwater and oversoil them. That's not what we're talking about, right? Like. We're talking about KG, God is going to lift you up and put you in new soil, a new footing, a new way of life. So for me, what this process has meant of first entire abstinence, and I saw somebody um, in our fellowship say I'm 90% abstinent, and I just need to put another plug in for like black and white. I cognitively don't understand. I'm either absent or I'm not. Thank God today I'm pregnant. But like when I wasn't pregnant, it wasn't like the doctor was like, you're 90% not pregnant. It's not possible. So please get cleanly abstinent because when I am not cleanly abstinent, I have no way of getting connected to God through the steps. And the steps, you know, I love to know, what I'm thinking about today, like, it's not just like I get, I got picked up and put in this new soil, and that's all I have to do. Like, as a recovered woman today, this new soil, it demands nourishment. It demands from the time I get up in the morning to the time I go to bed at night, I am constantly working on my program. Now, whether or not I'm hanging on to a resentment because I want to, because I'm not feeling spiritually fit, and it feels really good to be resentful at that moment, or I'm like making that call and I'm saying, hey guys, I need some help. I need to be seeking God. And I do feel that extraordinary events have happened in me. Like, I, I want to live today. I don't get up to, in the morning, open my eyes and think, oh, explicative, what did I do last night? What do I weigh this morning? How am I ever going to move forward in my life? Like my life, there are many external changes going on in my life, more than I even know how to handle right now, which is great because all it does is it gives me a new opportunity to practice how can I nourish that? How do I nourish that every day? Entire abstinence and the 12 steps. The 12 steps meaning for me right now, 10, 11, and 12, all the time no matter what. Um, so I'm just going to keep showing up, and I can't wait. It is a privilege to be with all of you miracles this morning, and I can't wait to hear about what God has done for you. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Katie G. Next will be Kim G, followed by Harlan G. Good morning, Julie. Good morning, all. My name is Kim G, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. I saw that my friend was much more, much more than inwardly reorganized. He was on a different footing. His roots grasped new soil. You know, Eddie is one of the, the most powerful characters in this recovery story, but he's not part of that first 100, and why is that? You know, when Bill went to visit Bob six months later in Akron, Ohio, he got a wire from Lois letting him know, letting him know that, that Ebby picked up. You know, and thank God that when Ebby brought this message of death and weight to, to uh, Bill, he didn't say your, your accident or your, your uh, sobriety is based on me. It's based on a connection with a higher power, that his roots had to grasp more soil than human aid. You know, I recently got a new perspective on the Ebbies in my life. We often talk about the person who first brought the message to you. But now I realize the Ebbies in my life are the people who recovered 
and had a message of depth and weight and helped many people in Overeaters Anonymous, Alcoholics Anonymous, Narcotics Anonymous, and they're now in the food, the alcohol, the drugs, or even the grave. You know, that, that the fellowship can support us, but it's the step that's going to change us, and it's the connection with the higher power that's going to allow us to stay in recovery. You know, I often get phone calls from people that are panicked because their sponsor picked up. What do they have to do? What are they going to do because they don't have meetings or they don't have strong meetings? People who said, I don't understand. I did the steps last month, last year, last decade. I picked up. You know, I cannot get clean on yesterday's shower. I am beyond human aid. My daily reprieve is from the mental twist. My daily reprieve does not mean one day at a time white-knuckling my food. I have to have a spiritual waking as a result of the steps, and I have to continue to do the step work. My, my, my uh, roots have to continue to seek new soil. You know, recovered does not mean that, that all my problems go away. It does not mean that I don't get angry, resentful, and fearful. What it means is I don't have to stay there, that I have a skill set and a connection with a higher power that when storms come up, I have the ability through the step work to ground my soil into something greater than myself. I just want to end with this. You know, I am convinced of two things today. The end of this month, I will have seven years of continuous back-to-back abstinence and recovery. And I believe today I'm experiencing permanent recovery. I do never, I never, never need to eat again. I am also equally convinced if I stop doing these 10 and 11 and 12, if I stop living in these steps, if my roots don't continue to seek and grasp new soil, I'm probably three or four days away from a relapse because that's the reality of a compulsive reader of the type that I am, allergy to body, and mental obsession. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim G. Harlan G., you're next, followed by Sue G. Thank you. Thank you, Julie, and thank you to Team Wednesday for making this magnificent meeting possible. I'm glad to be part of it. I'm Harlan G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Scottsdale, Arizona, where it will be in the mid-70s this afternoon. Um, what's going on here? We're in, we're in 182 Clinton Street. Ebby Thatcher, a childhood friend of Bill Wilson's, has come to visit. They are both alcoholics. They are alcoholics of the bottom of the barrel variety. Bill is still drinking. Ebby is sober. Ebby has presented Bill with a spiritual solution to his problem. Bill has tried everything imaginable to diet through his binges. He wants to go on a diet. He wants to control his drinking while drinking. He has tried self-will, self-knowledge, self-discipline. Nothing has worked. He has been hospitalized twice. He knows the problem. He got the problem from Silkworth. And from the bottom, or excuse me, from page nine, where Eddie says, he says, I've got religion through page 10, through page 11. Bill is struggling with this spiritual solution to his problem. And it keeps coming down to a bottom line. He says, that floored me. It began to look as though religious people were right after all. Here was something at work in a human heart which had done the impossible. Stop right there. Stop the presses. God had done the impossible. What is the impossible? 
the impossible is a drunk like Eddie has two months of sobriety. Those are the only two months of sobriety Eddie Thatcher has had in his adult life. Bill knows that Eddie was about to be remanded to the insane asylum in Brattleboro, Vermont. And here he is a free man and he is sober and he's being presented with why. My ideas about miracles were drastically revised right then. Never mind the musty past. Here sat a miracle directly across the kitchen table. He shouted, great tidings. Forget the Red Sea being split. Forget the, forget the burning bush. Forget the oil burning for eight days when it should have burned for one day. Cecil B. DeMille can do those better than anybody. He is looking at a drunk who is sober. Bottom line, the argument is almost over. We'll get to it probably tomorrow. We'll get to choose your own God. But he saw that his friend was much more than inwardly reorganized. He was on a different footing, his rich grass new soil. Bill is seeing a transformation beyond human ability. And with that, I will pass. Thanks. Thank you, Harlan D. Sue G. followed by Leah D. Good morning. This is Sue G. from Michigan, recovered by the grace of God. Um, I kind of wonder how I would have reacted had I not already had religion when I came into OA. Although it didn't, like Abby, maybe it, it didn't solve the problem um, forever because I did relapse. Um, but Bill is seeing, you know, how Ebby was talking about religion and, and everything else, and Bill saying, no, 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 nothing like a personal guide for me, no, no, no. And all of a sudden, they start thinking, you know, is this starting within me, um, the thoughts that I'm having? And, and of course not. And it just floored him that there was a miracle sitting in front of him. And that, you know, back then it was the Oxford group, and of course it was religious, and it wasn't just Christian, it was all different religions. And, and he, he, he understands that there's more to it than just this entity in the sky or... Uh, what he was thinking before that that with with Ebby sitting there and knowing what he knew about Ebby, that religious people were right after all, and that their faith and their God that was greater than them is what the answer, the solution was for Ebby, and that he wanted it. Um, and you know I, I think of the soil and. You know, if you're not on solid, healthy soil uh, working your program, you're not going to remain um, recovered for very long. And we have to nurture that soil. It's not enough to start out in healthy soil. We have to fertilize it and, and nurture it and water it, not overwater it, not underwater it. 
And uh, we have to take care of it, and we have to learn. And we learn through these steps how to take care of that healthy soil and how to, how to continue our program in a healthy way. With that, I pass. Thank you, Suji. And Leah D., you're next. Start of the timer. Good morning, everyone. It's Leah D. in Brooklyn. I'm going to take a different slant. I got all the good history. It makes all sense to me. Um, I'm in the room 42 years. I had many years of supported dieting. I had physical success and then lost it and gained it and swore and banged on the bar and said, when I came in this time, it wasn't because the physical was that great. It was. It was the emotional. I thought I was going to die. He was on a different footing. His roots grasped a new soil. That line has saved my life because I was such an emotional wreck coming in, as Bill must have been sitting next to Evie, that my sponsor would say to me, put your feet as if they're in soil. Wiggle your toes. You're with God. Wiggle your toes. You're in the soil. Put your feet in the soil. You are with God. That saved me a day at a time to keep myself on the ground so that my anxiety would be calm so I could get through a day without picking up. I am a chronic, hardcore addict. I've had the miracle of recovery today. I've been in recovery now over two years. The miracle of this book. Many of you have sat opposite me, not just the Ebbies of the world. I hear you all every morning. My word to you today is, Wiggle your toes in the floor. If you've got carpet, put it in the carpet. Every time your toes hit the wiggle your toes, you are with God. The world doesn't have to see the anxiety running through my body. I can be whole today because my feet have grasped a new soil. I am with God and I am with you guys. Thank you so much for giving me back my life. Thank you, Leah D. And I'd like to remind everybody to stay muted um, if you're not sharing. And who else would like to share on the two paragraphs on page 11? This is Larry. I have you, Sandy. Okay, thank you. Okay, I have Larry K, Sandy, Sandy F, Pete B, and Nicole R. Jeanette Mitchell R. Tina, hmm, yeah, Tina, maybe. Nadia B. Nadia Ginger. B. Okay, we're going to stop right there. Oh, Ginger, I'll add you at the last there. Okay. Uh, Larry K, followed by Sandy F. Thanks, Julie. Good morning. Um, this is Larry Kay. I'm a recovered compulsive leader from Chicago this morning. Um, you know, he, th- this was a guy who was, what Bill says, what sticks with me, um, he was inwardly restructured, but there was something more than even being inwardly restructured. Bill noticed that, and I, I noticed that in people too. His roots grasped a new soil. There, there was some, there's something about this process that we go through. If we follow these this process of, you know, things like admitting powerlessness, you know, going through, uh, you know, an inventory, right? We go through an inventory, you know, we share that with another person, we, 
you know, we go through the humility of, of asking God to remove our defects of character. There's all these things. I'm thinking of like the Oxford group. It wasn't 12 steps, but Ebby was more than inwardly restructured. His roots grasped a new soil. I, I can't tell you whose, whose roots grasp a new soil, but I can see it in your eyes. I could hear it in your voices. If I, I bet, I bet anything, if I followed you around 24 hours, I would see an imperfect person like me. Yes, I would. But I bet that there'd be something different about you. There wouldn't be the shame of who you are. There would be someone who's putting their food down, is, has the ability by the grace of God to put their food down. There's someone who treats their, their children differently, treats their partner differently in a way that you couldn't possibly anticipate or imagine that you were able to do that. I bet, I bet I would see that. I think you'd see that in me, despite our imperfections. I would see you go through with grace and dignity, go through the death of a loved one. I've seen you. I, I know you're there. I've seen you go through it. I've gone through those things too, again, by the grace of God. You know why? Because your roots grasp a new soil, yet I also see a humility in you. Isn't that amazing? I see a humility in you despite all that stuff. There was something that Bill saw different, and that's what these steps do. Is they, they, all those things I described, that's what these steps do. In the midst of calamity and suffering and challenge, there's humility, grace, dignity, and the ability somehow to not pick up your substance. Isn't that extraordinary? That's what it is. If you do these steps, it'll evolve. It's experiential. And that's where we, we end up. And we continue to trudge this road, right? Thank God for Alcoholics Anonymous. With that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry. Okay, Sandy F. followed by Pete B. Hi. Thanks, Julie. This is Sandy S. Uh, from Asheville and Florida. And um, I feel like I'm pretty much of a miracle. And definitely, I want my roots to grasp new soil. I'm having a little difficulty with that, but um, I definitely have the intention. And for me, you know, I've been abstinent a long time, continuous, entire, because I had such a bottom you know, I say to myself, I'd rather, it would be, a, I'd rather kill myself than take a compulsive bite again. And, you know, my whole life now is about, it's pretty, this is miraculous. I just want to be a loving person. And, uh, you know, I'm really struggling with that because I want to be a loving person 100% of the time. And I feel like if my roots really grasp new soil, that would happen. But I realized, nah, that's just my will again, you know. And um, I really feel like I'm in a process and that things are just happening to me and that I can't orchestrate my roots being in new soil. What really touched me tremendously was a special edition on Sunday where she talked about surrender and compliance. And I sure as hell want surrender, you know. But she said, you can't force that. You just have to be open, have to allow it, and it's definitely in God's time. So even though I'm not 100% loving, you know, I'd like to be, like, loving the way I'm abstinent, but I'm not, you know. And, and I think the real program for me is totally forgiving myself for not being what I want to be, 
and allowing myself to be what God wants me to be. And this really pertains to my mother, uh, who's almost 94. And all I want for today is just to be loving to her, but it's, it's hard. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Sandy S. Pete B., followed by Nicole P. Thank you, moderator. Can I be heard? Yes. Uh, good morning. My name is Pete B. I am a recovered compulsive overeater, abstinent today by God's grace and mercy. And uh, thanks for calling on me. Um, with the, this, the, the, these uh, paragraphs, what they speak to me is about the power of example. Um, it, you know, it was shared earlier, or read, we read earlier about Ebby's words and what he talked about, but what Bill's referencing right here is the example. And, you know, in Overeaters Anonymous and 12-step recovery programs, we talk a lot about powerlessness. I'm powerless over this. I'm powerless over that. There's one power. There's the, the only power that we have as recovered compulsive overeaters is the power of example. We can't choose, we can't pick and choose who we give this gift to. We can't, we can't decide who we're going to help get abstinent or not get abstinent or get recovered or not get recovered. The only, thing we, the only thing that we can do is be a good example of this program. And that example, regardless of who sees it or who you intend to see it, is what, pe- what others are going to take away from you as a recovered individual. So, you know, what, what, what this tells me is that regardless of the condition, regardless of the circumstance, regardless of how I'm feeling or how I'm thinking, I need to be, I'm responsible for being a good example of recovery, which means that I need to, I need to bring my, put my best foot forward in every given situation because I never know, you never know who is going to listen to you on this line or see you out there, you know, walking the street and decide that they're going to model their recovery after what I'm doing, right? I, I, don't have, I don't have the luxury of being able to, you know, feel like this is a therapy session and share, you know, that I'm upset or uncomfortable or this or that or this, this problem. I don't have that luxury because I don't know who out there is listening is going to tap into that and use that as, an, as, as their excuse to, to, to carry that message. That's not what this program is about. This, is, this, is, this program, or a 12-step recovery program, is an opportunity, opportunity for me to carry the message of hope and recovery into somebody's life. You know, our primary purpose is to help other compulsive overeaters stay abstinent or recover. It's not, our primary purpose is not to help hard eaters stay on a diet it's not to soften the message of recovery and tell people that they can pick and choose what they want to, what they want out of the program. It's, it, it, it's, it's, it's a message of life or death. And I'm grateful that I have this opportunity every single day to be a good example. And I will fall short. I, you know, I, I, you know, I'm a human being. I will fall, fall short. But what this program gives me is an opportunity to make up for that and to continue to progress and continue to grow in the likeliness and the image of the the God of my understanding. So I'm just I just love being absent. I'm so grateful. And uh, with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Pete B. Nicole P. Followed by Tina. And I did not get your last initial. Uh, Nicole P. Start one to unmute. 
Okay, well, let's go to Tina. Was there a Tina? Brady? Well, let's go to Nadia B. Star one to unmute. Thank you, Julie. This is Nadia B., grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Connecticut. Um, what I wanted to talk about is the first two sentences we read that floored me it began to look as though religious people were right after all (laughs) Um, I think you know what it is for me and how it worked in in my recovery is I was shocked you know when I you guys were pretty shocking to me when I heard you for the first time about three years ago you know you guys shouted great news Um, you know I didn't hear lots of great news about this disease. Um, you know, the medical profession calls this mental illness, eating disorder. And, uh, you know, I'm a woman of science and they have not discovered a pill for me. And, um, you know, I knew a lot about this disease. But the next sen- sentence says, here was something at work in a human heart which had done impossible, you know, um, maybe I'm actually wrong, right? Maybe actually there is something that happens, not in my brain. He doesn't say, you know, here's something that's happening in Abby's uh, mind. He says, here's something happening in in his heart. Um, And that's what 12 steps has done for me. They, They took all this knowledge I had and um and put it in my heart not you know i knew a lot and here's what dr silkworth um sees and i saw in you guys uh after you you've done what is what this book suggests it says they believe in themselves and still more in a power which pulls chronic alcoholics back from the gates of death that's what happens to bill when he works the steps Right, and then another thing that that Dr. Silkworth started seeing in uh, his patients, from trembling, despairing, nervous wreck, emerged a man brimming over with self-reliance and contentment. And um, you know, I um, I saw that in you guys, and I really, really wanted it. So I had to take all my sick thinking and um, cycle it, not through food. <laughs> I had to really put a food down um, 100%, like it was sad. Um, I didn't know how to. I had to get help. My sponsor helped me. You guys helped me. I called you. And I cycled it through the 12 steps. And that helped me to take all this knowledge that I had in my head, air it through my higher power, put it in my heart, and as a result, I got sanity, peace, and joy, and reliance on my thinking today, um, and you know, reliance on that power that you shout about every morning. And so I want to shout about that too. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Nadia B. And for those who just got on the line, we are on page 11. Starting with the fifth paragraph, that floored me, reading through two, his root grasped new soil. And who would like to share? Vanessa P. O. Nessa R. Oh, shoot. Okay. 
Okay, hold on. Ginger C was next, but we had before Vasa there was somebody. Reva P. Reva P. Elaine B. Matt M. Elaine B. Jeanette S. Jeanette S. Okay, we're going to stop there. Okay, we have Ginger C. followed by Reva P. Nessa R. Ginger C. Ginger C. Hi, are Julie. you there? Yes. Hi, Julie. Can you hear me? Yes. Hi, Julie. Thank you so much for your service this morning. And um, hello to everyone on the line, and especially the newcomer, the person who's still in the food. And I'm Ginger C. Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Um, I just love this paragraph with this this head to heart, um, something at work and human heart, which had done the impossible. And it just reminds me again, the simplicity of this program. It's one alcoholic talking to another. It's just sharing what it was like, what happened and what it's like now. And it's not about intellect. It's about my heart and it's about my heart opening. And as an addict, that's the last thing I do. My heart has always been closed shut. But when I'm willing to be vulnerable and when I'm willing to open that and share with you, you feel my pain. You know exactly. We know each other. I don't even really have to share too many words. My sponsor talked about heroin. I was like, oh, you know me. That's exactly what I am when I eat sugar. I'm a heroin addict. Absolutely out of control and insane. But this simplicity of just one human heart sharing with another and then this amazing miracle that happens. We are in different footing. We are grasped a new soil. And that new soil is a higher power. And as an addict, that's my dilemma. I lack power. And I need to tap into that new soil. Because with that new soil, all things can grow. Amazing miracles can happen. And probably the biggest and greatest gift of my two and a half years of a recovered state of mind and body is that this heart of mine that shows love and compassion stays open. I would always get afraid and run away or amputate you and cut you out of my life. And today, because my reliance is upon this infinite God solely, I get to remain open to all situations and possibilities because I know God is everything. And everything that's happening in my life is for a purpose and a meaning. And I don't want to miss it. And I really miss it when I eat the bite because everything shuts closed. And I've had too many bites take away too many seconds of my life. And I'm not allowing it another minute. So if, if you're new, yes, surrender. I hope you're out of ideas today. I hope you've had enough pain because it begins in surrendering. I had to be out of ideas. Whatever the heck I was doing was obviously not working because I kept eating and I kept relapsing. So I got out of ideas and then I listened. Entire abstinence means entire 100% abstinence, liquid and solid. And then you work these steps like your life depends on it. And you watch these miracles unfold. You know that 10-step promise? It happens automatically. It's incredible. But it has to begin with you being out of ideas and putting the fork down. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Ginger C. Reva P., you're next, followed by Vasa O. 
Good morning. This is Reva P., Grateful, Recovered, Compulsive Overeater in Toronto. For me, what Bill is describing here is what it looks like to see somebody who is recovered. And I'm amazed here. He's not spending a lot of time harping on the fact that Ebby is sober. He's talking about how the guy has a whole different aura about him. Um, And that's what I remember in my first meeting that I ever went to of Overeaters Anonymous, um, seeing people who were not only in slim bodies, but I didn't know what it was and I couldn't describe it. I had no clue how they got there, but they were like at ease and um, they weren't like time bombs waiting to explode, which is what I often see, you know, white knuckled abstinence. Um, it was so much more than being in a healthy body, um, just at ease in themselves. And that is so attractive. Um, and that is what I, uh, what somebody just shared before, the, the biggest power of example. Um, and also what strikes me in these two paragraphs is how, um, you know, that Bill is starting to totally change his mind about what's possible and what's not possible. And this whole transition from step one to step two, where it's not just a one-time deal, and I admit I'm powerless because it began with the food, but it's with everything, everything in my life. Um, My first step is to admit that I can't do something. I can't figure it out. I can't analyze to death. I can't make things happen that I want, and I'm powerless. Um, And it's such a great reminder that God does the impossible. I don't have to understand it. I don't have to analyze it. I don't have to like doing it. I just have to do the work, and then God does the impossible. Um, So step one um, in my darkest days is very simple. I can't do this and I'm doomed, and step two is maybe not. There is a solution out there. I just don't know what it is. I do the work, and then things change and unfold, Um, and it is miraculous, um, but it's not magic. We have to do the work. With that, I pass. Thank you, Riva P. Bossa O, followed by Matt M. Thank you. Good morning, everyone, and thank you, Julie, for your service. And I'm Vasa Grateful, Grateful Recovered Compulsive Overeater, calling from Florida. I had enough pain by the time I came to Overeaters Anonymous, and I'm so grateful that I was led there by my sponsor, my friend. My friend. And I had heard uh, or read about miracles, how God, how God performed miracles in people's lives but I never understood what that meant till it happened to me. And that happened to me when I was ready and I was willing to surrender. Step one, two, and three with the food. And I remember reading the big book, I can, he can, and I will let him. And that was the beginning of my new life with God, my relationship with God, and, my, and the program and the 12 steps. I... Um, that was the beginning of my new life. I um, became abstinent, that I tried to become abstinent for 25 years of my life by my will, by my own willpower, by trying everything that, that I heard 
and I tried it, and none of that worked. It would work for a little bit, but I could never stop it, keep it down, till I was ready and I was willing to surrender. And that was the key. And I'm not saying it was fun. It was very painful for me to go, be going through that withdrawals and dealing with my emotions and my feelings at that time. But my sponsor kept on saying, no matter what, you pray about it, you go to your program, you make the phone calls, you read the literature, you do the 12 steps, one day at a time. I remember feeling so, so overwhelmed. She said, no, we just do this one day at a time, one meal, one meal at a time. I said, oh, okay, I can handle that just for one meal, one day. And I applied that, the step one, in everything in my life. It started with the food. But I needed to be abstinent, 100 percent put the alcoholic foods and then work the programs and that's the only thing that has worked for me and and step 12 I need to be a good example with the people that I sponsor I don't have the power to make them abstinent or, or fix them or change them that is between them and God and I need to be spiritually fit myself and to be to be a power of example and the rest is up to God. Thank you and I pass. Thank you, Vasa O. Matt M followed by Elaine B. Thank you, Julie, for your service. Good morning everyone. This is Matt M Compulsive Eater. Well my ideas about miracles are drastically revised right then. I believe in miracles. I've seen things happen in my life that I set situations that I've gotten out of or health, health crisis that I was healed from that I shouldn't have healed from. I've had, I've had staph infections in both my legs where I could have died from because they were so serious. I've had other health issues. I had ulcered. I was over one-fourth of my stomach. That was a bleeding ulcer. I was healed. I believe that miracles do happen. And for Bill, he believe, he's starting to see that miracles do happen. He's looking at his friend, Abby Thatcher, right in front of him, who's sober. He's never seen him that way. They've always been drinking buddies sloppy drunks, and uh, it's amazing that he's starting to see this. He's starting to hear the turnaround is starting to happen now on the, in the second half of Bill's story. He's starting to light, starting to come in from the, from the darkness, and I need that too in my life because I struggle sometimes, and I need to believe that there is hope on the other end of the line because, you know what, if I give up hope, what, what do I have do I have? The only thing I can have is go to the meetings, work the steps with my sponsor, eat healthy, uh, make phone calls, which I've been lax on lately. I have to make more phone outreach calls. I need outreach calls as well, but you know, it's not an easy process. It's 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 simple tenets, but sometimes hard to follow. You have to follow this practice, these principles, in all your affairs. And I sometimes fall very short of that. I'm a human being. I do fall short of that all the time. But I just want to try to be the next, do the next right thing, and be a much better person. That I have friends in my life who try to tell me the truth about myself, and I don't want to hear it. But uh, I'm grateful that I can listen now without being resentful, without being nasty back to them because they're just trying to let me know what's wrong, what's going on with me. So I can, sometimes I don't even see it right in front of my face, my character defect. But I'm grateful that I have people in my life like that. And I'm grateful that I have this program. I'm grateful for the meetings, and I'm grateful that I'm starting to get a connection to my higher power. I pray every day and night, and I'm trying to keep that habit going because it takes a while to start new habits, new habits to form. So I'm grateful I'm here, and thank you for being here. So that will pass. Thank you, Matt M. Elaine B., followed by... Janine F., I believe. Thank you very much for your service, Julie, and for everybody on the line. I got up for my 6 a.m. exercise class today. It was a full house, but you know what? Everybody that was there 
was a regular. People who were dedicated to getting up and going and jumping around in the morning. <laughs> uh, it was great fun. And you know what? Getting on this meeting afterwards is also great fun. And I hear a lot of voices, a lot of familiar people that are dedicated to this program of living. And it's great to be here with you. But I also know we're right after New Year's. There are many people who may be listening in, who may be just listening for the first time, who may be listening to the recording. And I want to welcome you and I want to encourage you that the recovery you hear in these voices, the stories that people are telling are real. You know, we are we can be like Ebby's to you, but you've also heard that Ebby didn't stay abstinent. You know, Ebby walked into the Oxford group, from my understanding, he was introduced by Roland Hazard, who had found recovery that way. He was given a design for living that really worked. It gave him something to uh, do away, not just a spiritual awakening that was sufficient to help him put down his alcoholic substance and not pick it up right away, but uh, a design for living that helped him deal with the emotional buildup that happens every day to clean up his past, those resentments and fears that had been running him down and probably <laughs> driving him to the bar um, and have driven me to the refrigerators and the grocery stores and the drive-throughs and the, and the convenience uh, stands. You know, um, I don't have to live that way today because I have that design for living now. But there was something that Ebby didn't have. And even though, uh, even though Bill did start going to the Oxford group and he did start hearing about that program of recovery, he didn't get it right away either. He put together the other piece of information that we've talked about, if you haven't heard, the doctor's opinion, the allergy of the body, that once you put those substances in, you're powerless. You cannot help but have it again. And once you do put it down, you've got the mental obsession. Every person on the line right here still has that. They may say they're recovered. We are recovered, but it's a daily reprieve based on the maintenance of our fit spiritual program. We have to work the steps every day. And part of that is every morning admitting our powerlessness because we have this crazy obsession of the mind that will tell us today it's okay. Just like it told Debbie, today it's okay, and he was out. He was not one of the original 100, but you can be. If you pick up this tool, this simple program of action, um, you know, help somebody guide you to uh, identify your alcoholic foods and then understand that if you eat them, you will not be able to stop, and if you do put them down without God's help, you can't keep from picking them up. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Rain B. And maybe that was Janine S. Jeanette S. Ah, Jeanette. Okay, thank you. Go ahead. <clears throat> Hi, I'm Jeanette S., recovered compulsive reader in Maybrook, New York. Um, I have highlighter colors in my book, and um, there's a sentence in here, some words in here. I, um, he inwardly reorganized, and that's in the color that this is what I wanted. This is my, I want this color. Um, so I'm looking at my the highlighting on there, and it's inwardly reorganized. But then there's another swipe of that same color on more than inwardly reorganized. And then there's another swipe of that color, much more than inwardly reorganized. When I came in this program, when I heard the word recovered, I would have been glad for just inwardly reorganized. Um, I've gone through the steps and worked this practical program of action 
and have become much more than inwardly reorganized. Um, my the organization in my head. There was no organization in my head. I was so disorganized. I was upside down, inside out, crazy woman, ready to take myself out, totally, completely ready to take myself out. And um, I so once I started identifying in, my sponsor told me to identify in. Um, this was what I wanted. I wanted an inwardly to be inwardly reorganized. Um, and and I have have received much more than I ever <laughs> thought I would be receiving um, doing this work. And I I like somebody else. I was not willing. I just did the work. Um, my third step was just deciding to do the work. My, I made a, made a decision to turn my life over to these steps. I didn't have a higher power. I couldn't couldn't believe in a higher power at that time. Um, and I'm just so grateful that this man was me. I was skeptical beyond skeptical. I didn't want to have anything to do with this. I'm like, you've got to be kidding. No way. I am not going to do this. Um, but on the next page, we'll see that there was like this little tiny crack that could get me in the door here. Um, so I am just so glad that, you know, my mind was open just enough to be able to let this program in and let the light in um, so that I could be much more than inwardly reorganized. Thank you for... Thank you for all of you people on the line that... Time. showed me what's in this book and so that I could take it in. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you. It is now time to close our meeting. The share ID for today, Wednesday, the 3rd, January, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting is 10,868. Thank you to everyone who shared. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And will Nadia B. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Sure thing, Julie. Nadia B., grateful, recovered, compulsive reader in Connecticut. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is a great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in a fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.